Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big. Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. Wow. Hey, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. Okay, everybody, welcome. It's really great to have all of you join us here. Carrie Knudsen is joining me here today. This is her show, Get Big Out Loud. I get to hang out with Carrie. For those of you out there that know who she is, what I'm about to say is probably something you already know. You know, when you think about your life and you think about why is my show called Get Big Out Loud? What is this about? This is about exploring the whole deal, like the whole meal deal, the complex, funny and beautiful ride of life with Carrie Knudsen joining me here today. And look, are you ready to get big? But how can you get big if emotionally you are just unstable, if emotionally you are just not in touch, if emotionally you are beyond emoting? Uh, and you are really exploding. And if you're doing that, then what is going on inside of you? Does that help you? Well, this is what Carrie does. She speaks, she's out in the world, she takes psychology, rips it off the couch and says, look, this is the way we've got to approach it. This is each and every one of us every day of our lives. This is us every day of our lives. So how do we get to have bigger experiences? How do we get to move forward? How do we get to handle ourselves? And I got to tell you, this topic has come up now in the past seven days more than you know, and there's so much you can do and learn from it. Today, we're going to be talking with Carrie about when you are angry at yourself. Uh, did mm-hmm. I say that? Carrie, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> when you're angry at yourself. And you know what's interesting about this is if we take a look, and let me ask you this question. If you take a look at different parts of your life or different moments when you've been angry, have we really been angry at another? Or is this something about the interaction between us and another thing I just want to call it a thing because we get angry at things. Sure. Like we get angry at things that don't work right in our house. We get angry at the vacuum. We get whatever it is. Right. So let's talk about anger and what it does for us if we allow it to. Sure. Well, anger has been coming up a lot for me too because I was, that's why I've talked about this month because I'm like, what is this? emotion going on there's so it feels like there's a lot of things to be angry at or angry with right now and when you put that anger out in the world like you said you can be angry at someone but you can be also angry at something and you know when we externalize our anger it's almost easier in a way to have externalized anger because then we can say you made me mad this situation made me upset we can push it out and um in some ways that's easier than self-directed anger which we're going to talk about in a bit um because that's a little more complex but anger is a really interesting emotion because well for two reasons i think one is that a lot of us don't want to admit that we're angry because we were taught to be nice uh emotions don't count um just get on with it suck it up um other people have it worse than you do. I mean, you could come up with a million reasons why we shouldn't be angry. 
right? So that's one of the reasons. And then another reason why people feel anger, so they're not even allowed to express it. They're, they're worried if they do, they'll lose control, yeah. right? Like if I express my anger, then I'll just yeah. lose control, right? So we keep anger in a really interesting place because we either shouldn't feel it, or if we do feel it, we're scared how we'll express it or even scared to express it, some of us. Yeah. So that's why anger is a fascinating emotion um, for those two reasons. And then the third reason anger is an interesting emotion is it's usually a covered emotion for something else. Like it's really a easy for anyone to say, I'm angry. It's, it's much easier emotion to say than I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I'm guilty. Um, I feel just completely, gosh, I want to think of like exasperated, you know, something like that. It's easier for us to go straight to anger. Yeah. And it serves as a cover emotion for a lot of other things. So those three things are why I want to talk about anger. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, part of this is was anger that we fully express. Let's talk about the couple of versions of how this manifests. Um, there's anger that you, you fully express. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay. So I don't know how much this was anger or play anger. So I want to talk about anger versus play anger. Okay. Um, I grew up in a family, right? You know, from what I remember about my relatives and going over for the Sunday dinner, the big deal, right? If you're Italian, you go for the big dinner. And then Wednesday, you eat the leftovers, but you go to the dinner and there are adults. This is, I'm a child now. Uh, there are adults around the table. And they're and the noise volume is. So everybody says to me, "Oh my God, you talk so loud!" And I'm thinking, "We should meet my relatives." Okay, that's not why you think I talk loud. You probably oh, had to. Oh my God! But this is what I remember, and there's an energy of it, and something will happen. And and I've talked about this before. Something will happen. The meatballs the meatballs will come out and the meatballs, according to some adults sitting at that table, usually my father, one of the men, the meatball will come out and it's either too soft, too hard, not enough Parmesan in it. And there will be a riot <laughs> on the Sunday table. And I mean, riot, literally like conversations about the meatball in Italian and the meatball gets pushed to the beginning of the table and the sauce all over the place, the gravy like all over the table and everybody's hands are waving and the thing in it, it's a meatball. But was that really anger, anger, right? And let's talk about those kinds of things that happen in our lives, whether it's the meatball that's not done right or the checking line that you're on that you just picked that happens to now be the slowest checker outline and it doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store or the costco but you picked the slowest checker line on the planet and you are told you're getting into a slow burn carry well i think we bring up so interesting is it the meatball is it the checkout line or is it something else because oftentimes we tell ourselves a story about our anger that fits with something easy to identify. So it's easy for me to be angry again at something outside of myself or something or some person um, than it is to really go into more complex feelings. We tend to not like to sit with complexity. So it's easier to be like, 
the meatball wasn't done right, right? And this is, and this is how it should be. And then let's say I cook the meatballs, okay? And you, you comment on it, okay? Your comment on the meatball could tie into my feelings that I'm not sharing. So I could be carrying with me like feelings of not feeling worthy. Um, I cooked something and no one ever appreciates me. I'm doing all the work around here. Um, I'm working on my cooking and um, I wish it was as good as my mother's. And so I'm judging myself, whatever I'm carrying with me, right? So you make a comment about the meatballs, right? And it might not even be that big of a comment, but who, depending on how I decide to take it, right? These are a little salty. You could be like, I'm not as good as my mother. I'll never be as good. I'm just trying the best I can. Like it, Sometimes we get these triggers where we're like, oh my God, you're, you're angry at, you, you bring up the, the stories that you carry with you cause you to have these triggers around certain things. So the anger, the meatball isn't usually the meatball or the person cutting you off isn't always just the person cutting you off. Because if it is, we tend to get over things. We can kind of tell, is this about what it is or about the story that I'm saying it is? Because we tend to carry things with us. So if we can kind of release that quickly, if someone cuts us off and we're like, ah, but then we can get over it, that lets us know maybe we were really in the moment with that feeling. If the if someone cuts us off or makes a comment about the meatball or we're waiting in line and it's and it's kind of festering and growing and we can't work ourselves into being in the moment or we then make up stories like to show proof. See why I always mess up? See why I can never do things right? See how all this always happens, man, bad luck. Whatever we're gonna say is, is that's attached to the emotion. The emotion is just a thing happening in that moment, but we attach so much more. And that's when it becomes, anger becomes harder because sometimes it's not even the thing or the person, you know, what they said, how they set us off or how they triggered us, that can be the thing. And that's why I think anger is so fascinating to think about because what is it that we're really angry about, right? What is the, what are, what are we really angry about? Is it easier to respond and be mad at also? Let's say you and I are having dinner and we're in a family. And you make some comment about my meatballs, Dr. Pat. And I'm Italian too. I'm half Italian, by the way. <laughs> and half it's Norwegian. a spicy meatball. I know. We always do this. Right. And my, my grandfather is actually from Italy and he owned a bakery. And uh, so we had really good, good food. Um, and so I can relate to your example very well. But the idea of let's say we're family and we're talking, and I've slaved away making Sunday dinner and I'm feeling a lot of these other things. In my life, my incompetency, my I wish my mother's here to show me how to make them. I'm trying to do everything for everyone. No one cares. I'm, I'm not worthy. Whatever we say. You make some comment to me. I might feel as my as my family member, if you're my family member, it's easier for me to lash out at you, right? Versus let's say my boss says something to me and I have to repress that. So I might actually feel like I can go off on you a lot easier right? Then my boss, because we're family and you'll forgive me. Then you know me. And I can use this as a great excuse yeah. to kind of lash out in a way that feels comfortable, right? In other areas of my life where maybe I have to repress it or I just can't see. So then anger gets twisted that way too. Cause maybe you represent that boss who keeps, you know, cutting me down and your comment triggers that anger and I can let it go on you easier than someone else. So see how this is all like a yeah. lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's talk about what it gets attached to, because part of what it gets attached to, and I want to go back to what you said so brilliantly, is I, I love this analogy of anger attachment. You know what it reminds me of anger sometimes? It doesn't really look like anger all the time. And we're going to talk about this today on the show. 
But this level of attachment that happens, it is as if you're picking it up and accumulating it like you are flypaper. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, comes to you and attaches if you would allow it to. And before you know it, every bit of the pent up anger that you had, anything that may have happened along the way, anything that makes you just sizzle, you're going to let it sizzle. If you Mm -hmm. let it sizzle, it's going to explode, right? It's like that delicious steak you're cooking or piece of salmon you're trying to sear the skin on and you turn away for 10 minutes to take care of something else and that that you could just see the smoke right you know the smoke is coming up because it's sizzling without any attention we're not giving it attention but fear and anger and anger is an expression And I want to ask you this question. I don't know about you, but the points of anger in my life that have shown up, and I I have, I'm interesting, points of anger that have shown up in my life have been major motivation for something, major Mm -hmm. motivation. Um, You know, whatever it is, a boss telling me that I'll never get ahead because I don't have an undergraduate degree just fuming me, I will not be able to be promoted to director, even though way qualified over anybody else. But no, Pat, you're not Mm going to get the director job. It doesn't matter how many years, what, 18 years in the company, you've worked your way up, but you cannot be a director because you don't have that degree. You know what that did inside of me? You know what it motivated me to? Tell me about that level of anger. Tell me about the anger that we look at in a beautiful way. Sure. And what you're talking about there is a really interesting part of anger because we can use anger in one of two ways. When you feel that emotion, the part of anger attachment where we get stuck in anger in our stories is one thing that we're talking about. But the what you're asking about now is can you I, I like to say is when we when we shift our anger to use anger as our energy source to make changes. So we use it as a fuel, right? to shift something right and we take it on instead of as a burden as an energy source so by using your anger as your energy in that moment a lot of people can take situations in their life where they've been snubbed or turned down for something or told they're not good enough for something and some people can take that moment and decide to use it as energy to fuel change but what happens is they don't internalize the you're not good enough and agree with it they say watch me right? They say, oh yeah. And you get that feeling of energy to kind of push you forward. So it's, it's interesting when you think about times in your life, when you can be able to do that versus when you can't. And I want to tell it just a quick story since you brought it up about one time when I really felt that anger as my energy, I had been um, training for a triathlon and, um, it was my very first one. It was a bike swim run situation. It was the Danskin 5K like triathlon situation. And on the back of the medal, it simply said, the woman who starts the race is not the same woman who finishes. That's all it said. And I love that idea because I felt like I learned a lot through doing the experience of a training for a triathlon, right? So, and at the same time, I was working for someone I felt was just disrespectful in the way they talked to me quite regularly. And I remember I put 
that medal on the weekend after the race, I put the medal on under my shirt and I, and I just had it with me and I put my hand here and I'm like, the woman who started the race is not the same one who finished it. I have confidence in myself to stand up for myself, to try new things, to fall off a bike, to get back up, to be swimming with a million arms flailing around. Like I've done something that's changed me. Right. Yeah. And so it was interesting because this, this person who regularly just, just condescending essentially, I decided after that moment of the triathlon, I'm going to use my anger as my energy. I'm going to use my newfound thoughts about myself to, instead of being like, what can I do? She's so awful. I, I'm not, can't do anything. I'm just a whatever, right? An underling. And I remember the moment, the next time she, she didn't change her behavior towards me, but I changed my reaction towards her. And I changed the, the, the idea of like what she was going to get to do to me internally with those pithy comments. Right. And that idea of anger to fuel you, sometimes you, it doesn't usually come from the situation itself. It comes from outside of you. It doesn't come from like when you, when you said someone, you know, said you can't be a manager because you don't have your undergraduate degree. You didn't immediately say, Oh yeah, watch me. I'm going to be a manager and, and you could just see me. And I'm going to tell you that it's usually something in yourself that says, Oh yeah, no one's going to talk to you that way. Dr. Pat, no one's going to say that to you. It's something bigger than the job or the person. It's something than yourself that wakes up to your value. Yeah. Right. And who, what's possible for you. And that's a great part of yourself. So if you can say, I'm going to use my anger as my energy, that can really shift how it's directed because then you don't have to lash out at the other person. You can make changes, right? You can move forward um, in a way. So I think your example is really important because when many of us stay stuck in the mucky muck of anger and when yeah. you can shift your anger is your energy to move you forward, that's a really big mind shift. It is. And, you know, let's talk about that because we're getting the layers of anger now that are generating. If we could just talk about that for a moment, I call them layers of anger because I don't know, I don't have a better word for them. And you know what, even in the field of psychology, I don't know what language they even put on, but let's just talk, let's just get real with anger right now, because what does anger look like for people? And you're going to help us in terms of what we can do with it. I know for me, and I was talking to a group of young women uh, over the weekend, and I know for me, I was trying to talk to them when a question came up about how did I feel about the environment, the current environment? It was a very global question, general question, and I knew what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I said to my, and I said, you know, I just want to say I've been here before. Not to dismiss where we are, where we're going through, but I've been here before. And this was a very interesting dialogue we had because I work with these young women in in helping them be aware, helping them be empowered for their lives, right? Right. It was a very important moment, a very important question. And, you know, we started to talk about what that was for them. And I asked them, you know, how how do you all define the environment now? What is it that's causing you to have these feelings of anger? And it was across the board, like 20 different things, but it was all the same. And they asked me, what would you do if you were us? And I said, I don't know, I'm not you, but I will tell you what I did as a kid. And I'll tell you what I did from age 17. As young as I can remember, I fought for the underdog. It didn't matter. I don't know what that is in me, but that's what I did. And I said, you have to decide what's important for you. 
because if anger immobilizes you, you're not getting the juice out of it that you need. Do you know what I mean, Carrie? You know, oh, there, yeah. I think there are only two choices with anger. Maybe I'm a little naive, but maybe that's why you're here to educate me. I have found in my life there are two choices with anger. I could let anger take hold and be immobilized, or I let anger take hold and I take action. Now, there are probably more. What are you seeing in your world with anger? Well, the thing that I feel like is only missing from that is mobilization is one thing, action is another. But a lot of times we don't do what I feel is the hard work of sitting with it for a moment and letting ourselves have permission to feel the feelings that we have without excusing them away. I shouldn't be angry because, or see, I'm overreacting again. Or we, we like minimize our feelings so that sometimes we can't even get to the point of like using them, right? And that's what the, the part I feel like is missing. Being angry, letting yourself be frustrated, saying this is so hard right now. And a lot of times I, I tell people, instead of saying, I am so angry, I like to try and tweak it a little bit to say, I feel so angry. Because um, when, we can, when we can take it out just a little bit, I feel angry, I feel frustrated. This situation was overwhelming, right? We take it out of owning. I'm not an angry person all the time, but I sure do get angry sometimes. I feel anger, right? But I also feel joy and other things. So not owning, I am so like I'm personified, right? But giving myself permission of something's frustrating. Maybe I just get to be like, that sucked. <laughs> that was so frustrating. I was so mad. Um, and just being in that moment, because really you can't hold on to emotions for too long. They kind of pass through you. But when we repress them and deny them and don't give them any space to say our truth, that's when I feel like we can't then turn around and use it as our energy right? Because we deny what is true for us, or we do comparative suffering. We're like, I shouldn't be angry about this because look what happened to them. Or, or I'm, I'm don't have a right to my anger because I don't have a right to any of my feelings. So we diminish ourselves almost before anyone else can. And then we play the story of like, um, I don't have, know how to express my anger. I should be angry. This isn't that big a deal, but in, yeah, <laughs> this is what I always laugh about. If it wasn't that big a deal, why would you have to say it's not that big a deal, right? It's a big deal. Yeah. To, and then when someone says, oh, just calm down in the history oh. of the world, has anyone ever just, oh, oh, thank you. Like Dr. Pat, if you told me to carry calm down, you know what my brain would do? I would show you calm down. Yeah. I would show you <laughs> ramped up, right? Like, so in the history of our human mind, no one has ever responded positively to that because you don't dare tell me what to do, right? We feel so strongly about that, right? Just calm down. Oh, I'm going to show you calm down. So that's why I feel like other, other people want to tamp down our emotions or we want to tamp it down. And anger is such a prickly pair of an emotion because a lot of us are peacekeepers a lot of us are everybody be nice like everybody calm down and so if we see expressions of anger we get scared of the emotion like oh, don't be angry and then oh. we do everything we can to tamp it down in ourselves or other people right and then we got a lot of repressed angry people driving around mad right? like, so that's yeah. what i think is the middle kind of issue that needs to be addressed is like how do we express our anger in appropriate ways? How do we allow for anger in our lives? How do we accept anger as an emotion just as much as we would accept joy, right? How, how can we shift our thinking to allow 
that we have the right to be angry. Yeah. You know what I love about what you said? And please talk about this further. One of the things that, that I make a distinction about, especially when I work with younger, younger women, is you can have an emotion or you can become that emotion. If you mm. become that emotion, the entire story of your life gets embedded in that emotion. And I said, you know, I, I use the weirdest examples. I don't want to, I do. And I, I use visuals for, for folks. And I remember putting up this microfilm where, you know, in, in Lyme disease, for example, these little parasites create a microfilm and they hide in it. And I remember using this example to show them. I said, you see this film and you see what's going on in there? And, and I talk about what happens if we don't do what you do, what you said. But I want to ask you about this. Sometimes we just want to eat our way not to feel it. We want to drink our way not to feel it. And, you know, if you're in Washington State, you want to smoke weed not to feel it or eat it, the gummy bears or the little chocolate things like, uh, you know, now I go to parties and I just have to ask everybody what's in that brownie. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you put in a brownie? Sure. Um, because I, you know, I, I have been clean and sober for a gazillion, 32 years. But the point is, we are numbing, the numbing oh, thing. Yes. Oh, wait, numbing has a B, Benny. Numbing, that <laughs> thing, right? That's an alternative reaction to it. Can you talk a little bit about this emotion how it becomes a cover for other emotions. I want to talk to you about that when we come back. And I, I love that you're helping us reframe the words and the narrative. And you're right. I left that out purposely up front there because, you know, what is it is not my go-to to express myself. So I often forget about that. I've learned how to do it. When we come back, it's peeling an onion. And I love the onion thing. Do you know why? Have you ever tried to peel an onion? My first coach made me peel an onion. Oh, really? Have you ever really I've peeled never tried. an onion? No, okay, I had so. one of those awesome onion blooms one time where they peeled it and then deep fried it. And yeah, that's fried. a good one. Oh my God. Don't even bring that up. I'm, okay, I'm so just I, trying to lose a little weight here. Come. <laughs> okay. But this, this was so real. My first real Sedonia Cahill. She says, I want you to get yourself a juicy onion. I live in Washington state. We get them walla walla things. But I got myself, she said, get a John. I want you to, for you, Pat, you need to get the biggest onion you can find. She said, I want you to peel it. I want you to stand there. I don't want you to cut it. I want you to just peel it. And I want you to, as you're peeling it, make sure you're squeezing the juice out. What did you get out of that? I cried for 35 minutes. 35 minutes to peel the onion the way she asked me to peel it. The and I, I grew up not being a crier. If you cried in my family, woo, Lord of mercy. Carrie Knudsen, we're going to take a short break. Carrie, before we go to break, how do people find out about you? Uh, how do they work with you? And when we come back, you're going to take us on a journey about feeling the feeling. But before that, tell us about you. Tell us what you're up to. 
Thanks, Dr. Pat. This, I'm, I'm excited for after the breakdown, too. I have so many things to say. Um, so you can find me at KnutsonSpeaks.com, where I do presenting, coaching. I have a one-woman show, do virtual events, in-person events. Um, and really, the goal is to take psychology off the couch and bring it to you in ways that are accessible. No psychobabble, no jargon, nothing you got to look up <laughs> to understand. Just really uh, the humanness of all of us and how our brains can work for us instead of against us. So that's what I'm all about. And I want to tell you about Carrie before we go to break, and then we're going to go to break Benny and Jamie. This is Carrie is someone that will help you shift your life, will, will help you not hide from your emotions will help you be fully expressed in who you are inside and out. That's why she and I love doing these shows. But when you work with Carrie, you're seeing her. When you work with her, when you're part of that journey, what you're going to experience is how to shift. When we come back, we're going to talk about, was, it, was the onion really making me cry? Was that what was really going on? Or was there something else in there that was just dying to get out? And Sedonia Cahill was the most incredible, crazy mentor I've ever had. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show Heart change consciousness on transformationtalkradio.com. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia, and I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. 
Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Get Big Out Loud with Carrie Knutson, living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life. When you are angry at yourself, <laughs> I don't even want to say that. I love it that you say it that way because, like, when you're angry at yourself, it makes it so good because we don't want to say that part, right? I love it. I'm going to totally use the Dr. Pat way to say it from now on. Yeah, it's like, Benny. When you get angry at yourself, <laughs> I, you know, look, anyone that has ever said anything to me, like my boss, I've had to make decisions. We're going to talk about the onion, but you're going to help us explain why it's important to feel this morning. No, this morning, two days ago. Sorry for the regression. Ding. Ning announced her retirement, the queen of table tennis for a decade, announced retirement. And the pictures of her crying, just bawling her eyes out. It so reminded me when we have to leave something we love in order to do something else, because she's going to school. That's what happened to me. She's going to school. When I got faced with you either going to get that degree or you, you ain't going nowhere you're not going to get any money you ain't going to you just ain't happening here it's not going to happen you got to get like the the, the the undergraduate degree and um i had been going to school at night at that point for six years and when they said that i found the college of saint elizabeth which was a weekend college i transferred everything over to that college and i turned I did a two-year degree. I finished the two years I had left in two years without hesitation. I took every Saturday that I could eight hours of classes if I needed to. You did it, right? I you did it. Happen. But don't tell me I wasn't still ticked at these people. Help me out here, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mad because <laughs> you were wronged, right? But in a way, you can also be grateful, right? Thank you for, for waking me up to my potential, right? And thank you myself for not, instead of going down in the muck, I rose up to meet the occasion, right? So sometimes we say, thank you, you know, thank you, life. Because sometimes have you ever been able to look back in life and see moments when people denied you or something bad happened or something made you angry? It was actually a gift. 
or it was a moment of turning for you because you you took it. So you can still be angry at people because they were jerks or mean, right? Or short-sighted. Like I didn't like, after my boss had been mean to me, I didn't hold my mental and be like, the woman who finished the race, it's not this, the woman who started, it's not the same one who finished. And now I'm gonna totally confront you and like make you change. I changed <laughs> in my response to her, right? And, and, and you changed in how you were living your life, right? And so in a way, people still, they still get to like, I don't know, Suck sometimes we're like what you said, what you did, how you made me feel, right? I still get to be mad at you. But the part about anger, lingering anger, I think all it does is just like weigh us down. Um, and so we can kind of, and I find it's funny because if I want to make myself mad, sometimes all I have to do is think about something from the past and I can work myself up emotionally almost even more than I was in the moment. Like if I'm telling a story or I'm doing something, I can actually make myself angry. I can get flushed. I can, my heart will beat faster. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just using the power of my mind to remember being mad. And that can make me mad. And I was like, that's an incredible thing. Like, have you ever done that? The situation's long gone, but you remember it and you stew about it and think about it. And you like, like I have this, this is just a little story. I was really mad at somebody at my job had been mean to me around 10 o'clock in the morning. And said some things that I thought were inappropriate, not nice. It was apparent and they were upset about something. That's fine, right? They did their thing. But I couldn't respond in the moment other than because I'm wearing my badge. I work for the school and I'm saying, okay, let's work this out. But they were like heavily critical and like they pushed some buttons. And so, but I had to move on with my day and like take care of other things and then get take care of my own family and get my kids to bed at night and all the things of the day. And then at 1030 at night, I was brushing my teeth when I finally had a minute a hot minute to like think about what I was angry about. And I remember brushing my teeth like this and I'm like, oh yeah, lady, this is what I want to say to you. And this is how I feel. And this is, and I'm like, I let my anger just totally come up. And it was hilarious because I looked at myself in the mirror, like my gums are bleeding, got toothpaste everywhere. My cheeks are flushed. It's kind of sweaty. My heart's pounding. I'm like, I just made myself angry. More angry than I was at 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah by the power of my mind, by dredging it up. So what that taught me in that moment is, first of all, I didn't resolve it in that moment. So I needed to do something with my anger, but also be really, really careful about how you choose to trigger yourself at, you know, is, is it helpful to bring that up? Is it worthwhile? Are you triggering yourself just so you can have that feeling again? Because, because it's easier to do that than to be in the moment that you're in or to feel the anger. So it just taught me, it's a little trigger to be like, why am I bringing up something again in my mind that is over? Is it unresolved? Do I need an easy trigger because I need to feel angry and this is easy for me? Or have I not really, do I not really want to be in the moment of yeah. whatever's going on for me right now? So I'll dredge something up from the past so I don't have to be in the present. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating. You know, you mentioned the word linger, if I could. And, um, Boy, it's, it's linger is such a powerful energy. It, it is powerful. It's a great song too by the Cranberries. And by the way, um, I, I found out not too long ago, uh, Dolores O'Riordan, who, who sang the, the lead vocals for the Cranberries, um, came up in our group, or ladies I talked to, died drowning due to alcohol intoxication in oh 2018. God. And so we were talking about her uh, today a little bit. 
you know, because that song linger in the lyrics of it. And when I work with people, I usually ask them to pick a song and lyrics. But when you look at the word linger in the way you just used it, you know, it is so insidious in some ways, right? Help us understand the power of lingering, right? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like something you eat and you just eat it and it just is awful. It's that bad taste in your mouth that just won't go away. It just lingers. And everything you do throughout the day, no matter how many pieces of chewing gum you put in, you've got the energy of linger. Tell me about that energy and what we need to do. I love that, Dr. Brett, because the lingering... Oh, that's such a powerful word. And when, when you think about it, it makes me think about the things that I let linger in my life and my own anger, my relationships with people or with situations or really with myself too. Like I find that when we let things linger on it, it, a lot of anger, again, it's easy to say what's directed at something or someone, but many times what we carry is with ourselves. We're really angry with ourselves. How did I let this happen again? I can't believe I did that. I'm so stupid. How could I let them treat me that way? Um, this is so unfair, and I, but I guess I deserve it. I'm not worthy. Whatever it is, the story we tell ourselves, right? And that is the stuff below the surface that when it lingers, when you were talking before, why are we overeating, over drinking, over scrolling, right? Over addicted to different things, right? Because it's hard to sit with our emotions. And a lot of times we don't even notice what we're doing because we're on autopilot, right? So if we get, if we learn that when we get stressed, if we smoke and it it feels like the smoking is connected to a stress relief, right? Or we go grab a cookie, you know, when we get upset and that feels like it's calming us down, we then create an unnatural, it's not true that the chemicals in either one of those are actually calming us down, but we, we, we kind of place it there you know, like in our distractions and our procrastination and the things that we go to when we just don't want to be, I think those are the lingering things you're talking about. Like yeah. we can't just be in the moment with our fear, our overwhelm, our anger, our upsetness, our disappointment, right? And those are real things. And it's hard because I do think we live in a culture where it's like the cult of positivity, like, don't worry, be happy what's the silver lining? You better be fine or good or busy. You have three choices, right? And, and so if we do have those feelings, the reason they can't get resolved a lot of times is because we're not allowed to express them. And I often think about when I see children and even with my own children, when they were babies, I think children are amazing teachers for us at expressing emotions because they will have a full range of emotions in like, let's say 20 minutes, right? And they ask for what they need, they cry and they get it. They get soothed. If they're mad, we know it. And it passes through them. They don't question themselves. I shouldn't be mad or I should not. They, right. they run the gamut of joy and sadness and anger and frustration. And it, it flows. Right. And what we've done is stop the flow through the stories we tell ourselves or the stories we've allowed to other people to tell us about who we are or the things we're addicted to, to stop the flow. And if, if you're any one of these, you're very human, right? Yeah. And all, it's so interesting to me that we all have different things that we go to, but most of us go to something, whether it is denial, whether it is some form of addiction, whether it is some form of distraction, right? Or whether it's some form of suppression. And I do feel it's a very human response, like we're protecting ourselves. Um, but I also feel that's where the opportunity is yeah. to raise your awareness, like- 
even when <laughs> this is for me, because I know I call it eating mad. Like, <laughs> oh, I was eating mad the other day. Like where I was just like, whatever. And I, I like when you don't even taste the food, but you're mad on something and you eat. And they're like, I didn't even know what I just ate. I was yeah. eating mad. Right. Um, and sometimes that's my thing. Right. And I, I've come to notice like, oh, wow, that was just a situation where I ate mad. If I can bring awareness to that, what would I do different next time? Or what caused me to do that? Or how would I maybe redirect that anger in that moment and not use food, but use something else to go directly to the source of that? And that's where it's like, oh, I got to take time. <laughs> I got to figure it out. I got to sit with it. And then we're all like, it's like you with the onion, right? I oh. got to do this thing. And then all of a sudden we're worried that things are going to show up. So I want to ask you real quick about your onion story. Sure. And then I want to talk about what to do when things come up. Sure. Right. What do we do then when things come up? Because if it seems so like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to do it, then we don't. But I have some ideas for like, what if we said yes? And and what are some ideas for saying yes and being with that? And so I, and I want you to talk about Victor Frankl's quote that you have here for today. But the oh, onion yeah. is, is a perfect way to really weave that into the conversation. If you've ever peeled an onion the way Sidonia told me to peel it, and she was smart. I never understood why she did it that way. If you just peel an onion, you're not going to get the aroma that makes you cry, that stuff that comes up. But if you peel the onion, and, and she had me look at every peel and feel it and squeeze it, you know, how does it feel in your hand under your fingernails? She was smart. Because what I was doing by following her instructions, I was releasing that onion, whatever that is that makes you cry. Mm -hmm. And it what was fascinating. For you? What was it? Why was that so powerful for you? Though? Because she knew me. I mean, this is the woman that went on Vision Quest with. She was my mentor, went on second Vision Quest. And this was right before she passed away. And she knew that at that point in time in my life, that I would have to look at some things. I'd have to face myself again. I am not somebody that is afraid to face myself, but I wait really long to do it. And then when I do it, it's like I am unrecognizable to the person I want to be. And it was at that moment in time I was in school. And it was that moment in time it was a pivotal point for me in school. And I just cried. I mean, 35 minutes. I mean, you know, to peel that onion and just look at every layer of it and she had me squeeze it and I'm bawling my eyeballs out I'm like Wee! I'm just like just at first it was just a little drip then it became a cry mm -hmm. how brilliant was she mm -hmm. right right it seems like though she gave you two things an opportunity to do something with a family yeah. in a way yeah to express like permission, yeah. like here's yeah. an opportunity and here's a way to do it. But then here's permission for you to sit with something. That's exactly right. right. Here's the permission that you need. And sometimes yeah. we do need external permission. So if it sounds like, what do you need permission for? It is amazing that sometimes we do feel mm -hmm. we need permission from an outside source to, to, to yeah. have a moment. And she gave that to you and her role as your coach, right? Like do this, you have permission in this moment. It changed the trajectory of my life, you know, in that it changed the trajectory of what I was going to do after school. And it changed how I how I finished my research. Now, let's talk about this for a minute, because it was changing from an I am 
you know, it was changing from an I am my degree mm-hmm. to an I feel this mm-hmm. about what I'm learning. But yeah. can you talk for a minute about one of our favorite people? We cannot quote this man enough. I give this book to everybody I work with in recovery and addiction. I give them his first book. But can you talk about the quote and the idea of his quote that is so beautiful that if he did not practice this, he would have never made it out of the camps? Yes. We're talking about Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist who was in the Nazi concentration camps. He was a beautiful man who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning to me is like a must read. And it's a book you go back to again and again because he writes about his experience and how he created meaning to mentally survive that and then to go on and be healthy, right? And when you think of the worst circumstances people can be in, when he wrote Man's Search for Meaning, from his experience, it was profound. And the quote that we want to reference today is this, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And the reason I wanted to bring that quote up is I feel like the idea of the space, right? And I love that quote, in the space is our power to choose our response, the stimulus and the response. The, the, there is a little space there, right? And so when we're talking specifically about anger, we can really be talking about anything, but in this case, anger, to me, the space between stimulus and response is the ability to say not I am my angers, I'm going to feel my anger, right? And I also have choices and I don't have to just go on autopilot, right? And stuff a cookie in my face to deal with it. Like I have the choice and I always will. And maybe I'll look back and I'll regret some of my choices. They go, oh, I would choose that again, right? Um, <laughs> like, you know, cause we, all, we wish we were like, we all look back and think that was not a good choice, right? But the fact that we can tell ourselves this, I can choose again, I can choose again. And I'm going to continue to choose as I know more, I'm going to do more as I, as I can be better. I'm going to show up to myself more. And part of what keeps us from like utilizing that space, I feel like is not only our autopilot, like we just do what we've always done without really bringing awareness to it. Right. But with anger, we're scared to feel angry. We're scared to feel it. So that that's why I think that quote is so beautiful because what's that space for you between stimulus and response that you make a choice right? And that carries things. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And that to me is what we're talking about in this podcast and everything you do at Transformation Talk Radio, right? How do we go towards growth and ultimately freedom, right? Of self-expression, of who we're supposed to be in this world, of all of engaging in all of our emotions, instead of saying they're good or bad, just being like they are, they're part of my human experience, right? My growth and my freedom is connected to my power to choose. And between stimulus and response, that's the moment. And that's beautiful. That's why I wanted to share that quote. I love it. And, you know, I was getting ready for the show today and I was reading the notes and people, I don't know if they know how we work together is that we prepare for every show and we, we put this, you put this beautiful outline together and I pretty much follow it, but not in the exact language, but I was so struck by it as I was prepping. I was so struck by it because it was right because there were things facing me and there was a situation last week where I looked at what we were preparing and that's that preparation, that thing that you're bringing forward was so powerful that 
I got a, a text message from somebody, uh, you know, one of my financial team people. And whenever your financial people text you urgent in the middle of your lunch, you stop. And can you imagine getting that message, right? And what would have happened if I would have let every bit of fear, anxiety, and stress around that take toll of me? Mm -hmm. But I didn't. Because I realized in the life that I live, there's not a text message I'm going to get. There's not a situation I'm going to be in that is not governed by my higher power. And when it comes to that, I live in the world of benevolent energy, just like Viktor Frankl, just like you. Mm -hmm. I live in the space of benevolence, abundance, prosperity, complete wealth. I covenant with this energy every day. Mm -hmm. But a text message from somebody like that with urgent, that could turn into a you know what kind of show. If we let it, and every day we're getting hit with this, that's why the show you're doing here is so powerful. No, and that's what you're talking about. You have a choice in that moment, right? Because you can even know all the things like I'm creating abundance and I'm creating a mindset. And then we still get scared when we see the text, right? We still are so human because in our best moments is when we're like, I'm living in abundance and I'm all about prosperity. And I, we want to have those values. And then we still get scared when we see the bill or the financial person calls, or I got a letter from the IRS that I didn't understand. I called my person in a panic and she goes, it just means you're, you're doing what we said we would do with your quarterly taxes. Like, why doesn't it say that? Why doesn't it, <laughs> it, what is it? I triggered a whole panic. Cause I literally called him like, I have an emergency. I got a letter. And she's like, what does it say? And I read it. She's like, it just basically says that you're doing you're planning to pay quarterly taxes. Like you said, like it was nothing, but I, I couldn't, I saw IRS and I went crazy. Right. So it's so funny that we can be living our lives in the Zen moment and where our humanity comes up again and again and again. And that's why we have to be able to laugh at ourselves in some way to be like, Oh, that's just me being human. Right. And I still, I'm going to make choices yeah. to, to keep me on the road to my highest good, to the, what I want to achieve. Right. I'm not going to get stuck in the muckety muck of I like the idea of just getting stuck in those emotions and that anger. That's where it's just, there's no flow. We get stuck. We get trapped. We feel bad. It is the quicksand nightmare. Carrie Knudsen. Thank you, Carrie. Look, I love what you're doing because you're helping all of us reflect and really look at self-criticism. It doesn't work. You know, in every aspect, we get to reinvent ourselves. Thank you for a powerful show. I can't wait to the shows we're going to do coming up this year and next. How do people find out about you? How do they watch you? How do they get engaged with you? All of the above, Carrie Knudsen, everybody. How do they do that? Yes, coming out with me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter, which is called Insights and Inspiration on my website. You can sign up and that will, this is the topic we, I address in that newsletter is what we yeah. talk about here. Um, and you can find me for coaching presentations. If your organization needs a presentation, please let me know. I do custom presentations. I also do coaching. Um, and I do, in my work, everything is meant to be really accessible and applicable to the needs of real people going through real things. And that's my, my kind of my sweet spot of like doing work that I feel matters in the world and talking about emotions is one of those things I feel is imperative. Yeah. And just for those of you out there that are just, I got a little text message. It's Knutson Speaks, K-N-U-T-S as in Sam, O-N Speaks with an S.com. That's exactly it. Go there, sign up. You'll find out what's going on. But more importantly, 
you want to take that roller coaster ride and you want to have joy and you want to experience the beautiful nature of it, get yourself a coach, get yourself Carrie, talk to her. You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small in order for you to get big. Get big and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.